Okay. Whenever you're ready. Hello, you're listening to Track by Track with me, Dan. And me, Will. This is the podcast where we take a brilliant pop album and talk about it track by track. Although more often than not at the moment, we go off track. And on the turntable this week, we've got Head First by Goldtrap. This is our second appearance in the ongoing saga of Track by Track for Goldtrap. Uh, and it's going to be a full disclosure. This is the first of two episodes uh, because next week we're going to be talking about... Felt Mountain. Um, as luck would have it, they've both got some significant milestones coming up, and we thought it'd be nice to do a mini series. Absolutely. And this album is actually last week, or just a few days ago, actually. This album turned 10. 10 years since this came out. It feels like one of their latest ones. It still feels very. Well, it is one of their latest ones. It's just 10 years ago. Well, it's, it's midway through their career. If it were being pernickety. Uh, and don't you love to be pernickety? Well, I just like to state the facts. Thank you. Um, and Dan, before we get into things, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. How's the running going? <laughs> the running joke. It's no joke. I'm taking it very seriously, actually. Sorry, yes, um, yes. It's uh, getting quite serious now, mm. quite tough now. Your big fun run is just around the corner, and off air, you do keep telling me off calling it a fun run, so I won't anymore. It's a sack race. It's <laughs> egg and spoon. Yeah. I imagine this album is a great running album. Yeah, there are a few tracks on here that are absolute pounders when you're out and about on the pavements and fields of the of this country. So Goldfrap, uh, if you don't know who Goldfrap are, it's Alison Goldfrap, lovely Alison, uh, and Will Gregory. Uh, so Alison is the front woman, vocalist, uh, instrumentalist, co-writer, uh, and Will Gregory, who does a lot more of the synthesizing in the group, and of which there is a lot on this album. A huge amount. Because they do tend to flip-flop between dance, synthesized bangers and folksy, really stripped-back albums, don't they? So before this, there was Seventh Tree, which I was a huge fan of. Do you like that one? Not for me. Really? Not not, not even um, A&E or Clowns? No. I think it's fair to say I do enjoy the more uh, electronic dance-focused work they do. Definitely. And I'd say I I do prefer that. But I loved, loved Seventh Tree. Having said that, I remember when this, when Head First came out, I almost felt like it was, because of Seventh Tree, I think, I felt like it was too, either too dancey or too poppy, maybe, actually. And it just took me a little while longer to get into it. Now, of course, it's one of my favourites of theirs. But it was just the, the huge juxtaposition of the two albums. Because, you know, not many bands release something one after the other that's so far apart. And I love, it's just what they, they, the music they love and the fact they just want to keep both going is brilliant. Mm. And, you know, we, uh, we're going to talk about this album. We've got further listening coming up, which is also very dance focused as well, because we like to give our listeners what they want. And when we get to the end of this podcast, we want it to be a happy ending for all of our listeners. And that is the track by track guarantee. So, head first. This is uh, the fifth album released by Goldfrapp, and it was released all the way back in 2010, which it doesn't feel like that long ago this album was released. It really doesn't. 
Uh, and as with many of their records, it was recorded in Bath. Lovely. Bath. I've been there, actually, yeah. Have you been? To Bath? Yeah. Yeah, well, I spent some time living in Bristol, so Bath is just down the road. This was a top 10 album when it was released, uh, and there were a number of singles that came off it as well. Uh, a couple of producers of notes on this album, Dan. Some dear, dear friends of the podcast. So we have the lovely Richard X involved. And old friend Pascal Gabriel. Who, if I'm not mistaken, we spoke about... Has he done some work with Kylie? Certainly Rachel Stevens, I think. He has done work with Kylie, Rachel, Sophie. All the first names. Now. Dido. <laughs> Natalie. Embrulia. Embrulia. Uh, Little Boots, Victoria. Yes. Uh, Marina and the Diamonds. Marina. Marina. Right, should we get stuck in? Let's get stuck in. Side one, track one. This is Rockets. We have liftoff and what a way to kick off the album. What a rocket. Uh, already in that first track, you're getting a feel for a bit more 80s inspiration and synth work in there. Definitely. Is, although this is another more dance focused record, uh, it's a little bit different to maybe some of the more noughties electronic, uh, electronica from uh, Supernature. Uh, yeah. And bits of Black Cherry as well, I suppose. Um, yeah, definitely feels like a nod backwards, which we hadn't really heard before. Maybe actually thinking about that, you had the glam rock feel, some of the um, Supernature stuff, but this feels like... Dan, for God's sake, don't compare Goldfrapp to Rachel Stevens. Uh, would I Would I do that again? Not not on second time no. on, uh, on recorded uh, evidence. We uh, did receive a letter from Alison who was... Cease and desist. Quite upset about Livid. that. Livid, yeah. <laughs> Uh, and we've actually, uh, like they do on the news, we've got an empty chair here <laughs> where she should have been. Yes. With a jumpsuit, which we thought she'd put on just to really get in the spirit of things. Well, yes, because although it's a bit too early to talk about the album artwork, but she's wearing a jumpsuit. Yeah. Great artwork and single artwork, which I'm sure we'll get to talk about. Uh, and she has a very heavy hand in all of the art direction. So Rocket was the first single released from the album. Oh, I'd... actually, Dan, I stand corrected. The single artwork had her in a jumpsuit, so we can talk about it now. Go on, then. She's wearing a jumpsuit. <laughs> You're really painting a picture for me there. And she's standing on a road, and she's firing a beam of light out of her hand. So this was a big hit. First single release off the album. It got to number six in the UK charts. Also nominated for a Grammy, this song. Good. Uh, for Best Dance Recording. But it lost out. Do you know who it lost out to, Dan? Um, year 2010, dance record, Black Eyed Peas. No. Who was it? It was our old friend, Rhiannon, uh, and only girl in the world. Oh, that is a good one, actually. Mm. She's on the long list. We need to we need to drag her up the long list, really, don't we? Well, there are a few people I'd like to drag up first. Who? Well, we'll no. take that offline. Yeah, that's for the meetings. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> This so I mentioned before that I felt that this sound was up maybe too poppy, too mainstream. But what I like about Goldfrapp and 
electronic artists like Goldfrap is that actually if you do listen and you know you might need a good pair of headphones or a good speaker to hear this if you really listen there's so many little bits of detail in there uh, and it sort of nods as I say to 80 sounds like the key stabs they sound very much like Van Halen's jump I think but the song sounds nothing like Van Halen's jump and there's just little kind of spirals and sparkles and things like that again all non-technical terms but you know what I mean Alison does not want you comparing it to Van Halen's jump either. Oh, she said that? Yes. She said, uh, I'm not very familiar with Van Halen as a band, I'm afraid, but I think we were definitely inspired by that sound. It's not exactly the same sound as the sound, but it's definitely been inspired by it. That's basically what I said. That's, <laughs> that's, she's paraphrasing. So yeah, what, what a great start to the album. I'm excited. Well, let's go on to track two then and see if that excitement continues with Believer. Believer there, track number two. I actually prefer this to Rocket. Rocket. I think these two would rank equally on my list. I think they're both fantastic. And while very similar, because this album has that sort of electro-pop, high-energy sound throughout it, uh, or for the most part, they're quite different sounding, aren't they? Yes, and uh, Nick Levine from Digital Spy... Uh, said the synths unbeliever bounce along like vintage erasure. Yeah, I hear erasure. There's so I hear so much in this song. I hear erasure. I hear Georgia Maroda. I hear a little bit of craft work. Um, I feel like there's a bit of ABBA in there. And actually, these these genuinely are the things I hear in this song. But names like ABBA and even Olivia Newton John, they were sort of bantered around a lot, weren't they, during this campaign by uh, critics? Yeah, and actually, funny enough, Vince Clark did remix this track. Oh, mm. a lovely tie-in. Uh, I spoke until last week as well. Sorry? Until last week as well. Yes, of course, yeah. I think you said you spoke to him last week. <laughs> yeah, he's he's fine. Is he? Yeah, he's been uh, he's been up in Wales. Oh, Walking along the Brecon Beacons. Additional production on this one from Pascal Gabriel, as with uh, the previous track, Rocket, we should have mentioned. There's just a lovely, lovely simplicity to the chorus. I love uh, some of the some of the noises in there. The, that, oh, 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 oh. She does amazing things with her voice, doesn't she? And obviously there's a track coming up later which really does put that centre stage. She's a cunning linguist. <laughs> uh, the single artwork, again, continues the 80s theme um, and she's got leggings and, and a black jacket on. She looks lovely. Lovely look. Fashion watch. Yeah, fashion watch. Yeah, yeah new segment. Should we put the, the Close Show theme tune in now? <laughs> Believer here. I wonder if Justin Bieber's Believers have used this as a, a theme. Just feel like it would work very well. Just to be very clear, Justin Bieber won't be appearing on Track by Track anytime soon. Have you seen the state of him recently? He looks like a homeless person. A bit like uh, McCordy Culkin when it all went wrong. Yeah, he's desperately trying to grow some facial hair, but it's mm. just not working. No. Not like my big bushy beard. This was the third and final single to be released from the album. Um, and it got to number 180 in the charts. But as you often say, Dan, in 2010, the charts meant a lot less. And they mean even less now. They do, yes. 
So less about the charts, but shall we go back to the second single, which is track three, and then afterwards we can see how that did in the charts. And if it did well, then the charts did mean something at that time. So track number three, Alive. Alive there. What a fun song. It really is. That one I prefer more than Rocket and Believer. Really? Absolutely, yeah. Uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, I don't, but I'm, I really like it. Uh, it bounces along like a... Like a chubby teenager it, on a space hopper. <laughs> uh, Richard X. <laughs> on producing duties there. Additional production, I should say. And you can really hear his... Uh, delicate touch. Yes. Although, some sad news, this failed to chart. Really? Yeah, I'd say so. I thought you should have some sad news about Richard X then, so... Um... Oh, God, I hope not. We want to get him on the podcast, don't mm, we? Absolutely. Please, please, Richard. Come on. He's, he has chatted to us in the past. Lovely guy. Really lovely guy. Um, very selective on his work as well, so the fact that he has done this song with Golf Rap... You know, just shows the quality of this as a pop track. What else did they collaborate on that ended up on the cutting room floor, we wonder? Mm. Uh, wouldn't it be lovely to go ferreting around in his dustbins? I would absolutely love nothing. Like a pig snuffling for truffles. But again, just to list some of the artists that I hear on this one, and I think with this, it does. it's one of the ones that, certainly for the intro, feels more 70s, more pop, more glam rock. Um, that's in part because of the piano sort of bump and the lovely fuzzy guitar. But I hear Abba and Elton John and ELO. Um, and now you're going to tell me that Alison said in an interview that she doesn't think it sounds like Abba, <laughs> Elton John or ELO. Um, I'm going to throw Billy Joel into the mix mm. as well, which got referenced in a review in the Times. Uh, Rob Copsey, who's obviously now working for the official charts company, uh, was at Digital Spy at the time and said it remind, reminiscent of a vintage Elton. Yeah, definitely. There's a wonderful, of course, it's, this one does feel a bit more like that the organic instruments taking center stage, but there's that wonderful noise, that kring kind of thing going on, uh, and this sort of instrumental break after the chorus. Almost like a bird call, isn't it? Yes. A tropical bird. Track number four now. We're getting into album track territory. And this is Dreaming. both thinking it aren't we will that's my favorite track on the album that is my favorite song on the album that's my favorite song on the album no but i said it first when it was playing no so. i thought it first first you see you can't even Speak. you don't even know what you're saying <laughs> uh what a great song it's fantastic what is it that makes it your favorite uh, God, i feel like i say this a lot on this podcast it's quite melancholic at the chorus yeah that's gonna be your new t-shirt slogan it's quite melancholic mr melancholy uh, and I just, I love the, I love the beat to it, and just the whole, just the, the whole sound, the whole package. 
I feel like of all the songs we've heard so far, it sounds the warmest. And reading what Alison had to say about the album, she did mention that compared to some of the danciest stuff from Black Cherry and Supernature, she wanted to make this a warmer dance sound. I guess that's why a lot of the 70s influences are showing. And this certainly feels warmer. And there's just lovely, again, like a lot of these songs, there's so many elements in there. There's some lovely strings in here. There's lovely bells that are chiming. Um, but also Alison's vocal, which, as we said before, is phenomenal. You get to hear on this song the lower and the higher uh, ends of her register. It is a shame, though, to read about how they weren't really very happy about this album mm. and about how it wasn't quite what they wanted to do, but they did it. Yeah, I think they felt rushed by the record label. And I think Will said that they needed another six months on it, really, which is interesting because it's a shame to hear that. But I think it's quite perfect, this album. Uh, I guess we're not as close to it as, as they are. And I know they like to take their time with a lot of work that they do because it's so personal and they're involved in, you know, every aspect and element of it. Yeah. But that doesn't change the fact that we like it. We love and it. I'd love for them to know that. Yeah. Okay. Track five. Uh, this is title track. Now, track five is Head First. <laughs> Slow down a little bit there. Um, do you know, that really reminds me of... Is it Gloria? It is a bit slower, but I love... It's very catchy, isn't it, though? Catchy and just sort of... You could bathe in that track, I think. You could bathe to that track, or you can bathe in that track. Or both. Or both. It does, For me, it feels like the closest thing, or one of the closest things on this album, to The Seventh Tree. Uh, I think songs like Caravan Girl or something like that, it could be, it could have had the sort of electrics stripped away and maybe the piano a little less chunky and it could have been a track from there. Um, but I think it works perfectly in this album as well. It's definitely a great track to have halfway through the album as an album track as well. Yeah. have to say, I would have loved to have seen the tour for this album and to hear some of these album tracks and uh, singles as well. We've been lucky enough to see them. We saw them together at Glastonbury, didn't we? But that was all about their last album. So obviously lots of great stuff from there. Um, yeah, I would like to hear. Well, of, of course, that you're seeing them this weekend. Felt Mountain, played in full, 20 years. Um, and they're doing some greatest hits. So maybe you'll hear something from here. I'll be looking forward to a bit of Ride a White Horse, hopefully, as well. Mm. So should we move on? Yes, track number six we're on to now. And this is Punt.
so that was Hunt. And again, kind of a bit more laid back than those first four songs that we had. Quite ethereal, to use one of our favourite but not overly used terms. Something about the structure of this one that makes me think of a Depeche Mode song, who obviously we talked about last week. Obviously, Depeche Mode are a big influence on golf rap and they've collaborated many times. But I feel like this does feel like a more ethereal Depeche Mode offering. What a great time to talk about the fantastic album artwork. And it is fantastic. So it is. Alison's literally got her head in the clouds. <laughs> like you have most weeks. Um, and it's a lovely uh, sunset in the clouds. And you can just see her head. In the clouds. Head first. Yes. Very literal. Uh, and Font Watch, it's the classic gold frap logo. Classic gold frap. Classic gold frap. Uh, and that's it, really. It's beautiful. It really is. And I mentioned, but not for a while, actually, about the record frames that I have in Track by Track Towers, uh, which we change out every month. And this is a favourite. I popped it in a couple of times and no doubt I'll do it again. Uh, the track, is, uh, well, obviously, it's not one of my favourites on the album. It's a little bit too slow for me. Mm. But I still, I still feel like it's got the... Again, I think it's one that could work on a different Goldfrapp album, but for this, they've added in some of the kind of 80s drum echoey pounding sounds. An echoey pound, having a jump in a tunnel. Next time, I'm looking for more of an echoey pound than that tuppence I was after last week. Um, but yeah, I think they've, they've, they've kept it in, in keeping with this album, which is great. So, the next one. Track number seven now. Speaking of that tuppence you were looking for last week, this is Shiny and Warm. Shiny and warm there. That uh, is one of my favourite songs on the album. It's I think it's one of those album track hidden gems. Yeah, it's and this does feel. I don't want to kind of go throughout this album and say, oh, this sounds like the work they did on so and so or so and so because each album is its own thing. But it feels very reminiscent of some of the glam rock influence tracks from uh, Supernature and Black Cherry. This would sit very comfortably on Supernature. Yes, absolutely. Um, and that's why I like it, I think, because that's my favourite Goldfrapp album. And I just love the... It has that kind of bouncy beat to it and the build-up to when the synths and the layers start falling on that you had on a lot of tracks on that album. And there's, there's a, a wonderful sparseness to some of this song, particularly the intro. And then, um, obviously, you've got Alison's vocal leading it but then you've got will filling in the gaps with the electronics and this is kind of what i mean when i say that electronic music shouldn't be sniffed at because if you listen to those electronics it's it's made up of lots and lots and lots of different elements and each one again if you listen on a really good pair of headphones or a good speakers each one you know there's lots of very specific sounds in there and Alison cites this track as one of the few on the album that were more the sort of thing they wanted to be doing and they felt was better on this album as well. So it's interesting that this, this therefore, is one of 
your favourites because if I'm being quite honest, I do prefer Alive and Dreaming, which potentially then aren't Alison and Will's favourites. Mm. So you hate them, obviously. Well, you've jumped to conclusions there once again. This is the penultimate track on the album, I Wanna Lie. just make noises for <laughs> mm. that's what people tune in to listen to is us going ooh and ah mm. i did it again by mistake <laughs> yes they do yes they do uh, as a penultimate track on the album uh, there's no sign of things petering out and this is a track that's more reminiscent of the first few tracks on the album in terms of that 80s style and synth that's in there yeah i would 100 percent agree I think it's funny because last week we were talking about how on Depeche Mode's Violator, they talked about, or Alan Wilder in conversation said that the penultimate track was just somewhere to put a filler song. And Goldfrapp certainly haven't been influenced by them in that way because this is a banger. Uh, and after a couple of slower songs, it really does pick it back up. Uh, I love this. I really love this song. It's one of my favourites on there. And we were bouncing around the place dancing like... Dizzy Dinosaurs. Oh, Dizzy Dinosaurs. I remember playing that in the living room. Fell over and crapped my head on the brick fireplace. Oh, you've not been right since. <laughs> How old were you then? Oh, God. Uh, 29, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 15 years ago. Yeah. How very dare you? <laughs> Especially with your big 5-0 just a few weeks ago. Oh, that, I am not 15 a few weeks. Absolutely not. Uh, if I was going to be quite specific about what I like about this song, or should I say specifically? No? Okay. Specifically? Yes. Um, there's a great droning sequence, which is sprinkled with some almost jarring electronics. Uh, and there's a really warm vocal from Alison on top of that. We're on to the last track of the album. Uh, so this is track number nine. Uh, sec- second week in a row, we've had a nine track album. Nine is the magic number. Mm. I, I always thought 10 was. But it was in the 90s, wasn't it? Because Spice, Spice Girls. Girls always did a 10 track. But I think in the 80s, so maybe this is just because of the 80s feel, they did 9 tracks because it fitted better on vinyl for some reason. Mm. But anyway, 9 uh, tracks. Nine, ninth, ninth track now, and this is Voice Thing. <laughs> The voice thing there, what an interesting piece of work. Um, Dan, it was wonderful that you tried to reach some of those vocal highs there, but unfortunately we haven't got a we haven't got a glass left in the building that hasn't been uh, shattered to smithereens. I do apologise, there's some lovely family heirlooms that you did have in here, so uh, so sorry about that. But I, in hindsight, it probably wasn't necessary of me to go on to AZ lyrics before uh, singing along to that one. 
that was the last track on the album. And I love for the last track that they've returned back to... So on, um, what was it, Hot and Wet? Um, shining and Warm. <laughs> <laughs> Get your mind out of the gutter. It was more of a return to some of the more electro pop from sort of Supernature and Black Cherry. Mm. This is a more of a return to some of the more the folksy organic sounds that they've done in the past on previous work as well. Yeah. Another song that Alison cites is something that she was much happier with the direction it took. And, you know, again, it's not one of my favourites on here, but I do like it as as a piece of art. I was going to say piece of work again, but that always sounds like, you piece, piece of, of work. You're a piece of work. Alison Goldfrapp, she's a piece of work. She's a wonderful piece of work. I was quite interested when it was playing, I realised I've never seen this played live. I wonder if it's ever been played live. And it has. Um, but more interestingly than just Goldfrapp performing it, it was performed with them and the Lips Choir um, on the Tales of Us tour. So that brings us to the end of Head First. Uh, and what a great album it's been, actually. We never do like an evaluation at the end. We always just kind of go straight into further listening. Something new for us. Evaluation corner, we'll call it. <laughs> that sounds like the Antiques Roadshow. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's an opportunity for us to reflect on the album as a whole rather than just the tracks. Mm. Uh, and actually, it's a great moment to talk about how it was received. Um, and I have to say, it was mixed reception, um, where uh, like The Guardian, The Independent, gave it three out of five, six out of ten, Enemy, uh, All Music gave it four out of five. So if I had to give it an average, probably... Seven out of ten. Well, yeah, that's good. I'm happy with that. It's not my work, but I'm happy. You're, you're happy with that? Yes. I think oh, it's good. Fair. Good. You, well, as long as you're happy. You sure? You, there's a bit of malice in your voice. No, no, not at all. Looking at me askew, actually. No, well, if you're happy with it, then it doesn't matter what the band think. Well, I know they're not happy with it, so... <laughs> that's true. That's, that's true. not my problem. But I'm very happy with this album. Yes, me too. Well, good. As long as you're happy with it. <laughs> Whenever you're ready. <laughs> I was born ready. So on to some further listening now, and we thought it'd be great to get stuck into some of the remixes that were around for uh, tracks on this album. And there were a lot of them. And there were a lot of them. Something for everyone. Yes. Something for all the family. And you did tell me that you've got a, a surprise for me. Yes, I've got something uh, stuffed up my wizard sleeve. Which you're... Showing me now, uh, it seems to be full of all sorts of things, actually. It's sort of dripping, isn't it? So yes, apologies for that. that. Awful, awful baggy sleeve. So my magical surprise. So, Dan, I'm gonna, sounds like a good time for me to go first. Uh, yes. What a great time for me to go first. And the only time. Uh, so, I have gone for the Grum remix of Rocket. the grum remix of rocket um i do love a grum remix they have this real i guess you'd call it future pop 
kind of quite progressive future pop house style when they do a remix. Uh, and actually a lot of their uh, own tracks are very similar as well. Um, but I find it puts an extra donk on, um, but in a slightly different way. And uh, as I've said with other remixes, great for running to as well. I can imagine. It does something very weird with the chorus, doesn't it, this remix? It kind of changes the... Uh, the, the the chords and the majors and the minors it feels like obviously you and I aren't musicians but it kind of messed with my head a little bit because I didn't quite know where it was going despite the fact that the chorus vocally and uh, melodically I suppose was the same it was doing all these sorts of weird things which I really liked but it was just bonkers as well uh, I- I'm sorry it's messed with your head well I didn't want there to be any more mind games than usual in today's episode but I think it certainly was that and not the fourth gin. There's <laughs> a bit of a lisp there. <laughs> um, so, Dan, come on then, what have you got? Well, it is the same song, Will, actually, but, of course, a different remix. This... That, that'd be strange, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've never done it before, <laughs> used to say. Um, this is a remix by our old friend, of course, who's produced or acted as assistant producer on a track on the album as well. But this is the Richard X 8-4 remix of Rockets. What a wonderful collaboration, Richard X and Goldfrapp, two of our faves. It's a very meaty remix, isn't it? Mm. It's really much a much bigger song. It is. With Rocket, of course, Goldfrapp wrote this song for the dance floor, but for very much the discotheque. And I feel like Richard X has taken it to the club, which is no bad thing. I'd love to go to the club with Richard X. Yeah, and hopefully, like us, he wouldn't want to stay out too late. <laughs> God, no. 1pm 1, 1 is uh, quite sufficient. Thank you. 1am. No, 1pm. <laughs> I want to be in bed by 9pm. Or else you're going home. <laughs> oh, disgusting. Quite crude, actually. We're out of time. Well, what a fun episode, hopefully. Uh, discussing Headfirst by Goldfrap, one of our favourite bands of all time, and probably someone we'll discuss again soon. But before we get to next week, let me just say this. If you've enjoyed this, please do let us know. At Track by Track UK. And if you have a moment, do head over to Apple Podcasts to give us a rating and a review. Uh, We'd love to hear your positive feedback on this episode and the podcast itself. Uh, And as we promised at the start, I'm sure you've all had now a happy ending. So Dan, can you give us a hint of a tease? Although we did say at the start, can you give us a hint of a tease anyway as to what's coming up next week? Uh, So same band, Different album, but another huge anniversary. This one's turning 20. So until next time, I have been Pascal Gabriel. And I've been Richard X. Goodbye. Goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Probably take the bit out where I send me a dick or whatever. (laughs) Well, you said that was some determination. I'm ready.